Welcome to the SBCA Podcast Component Connection. Looking at how businesses around the country are innovating to take advantage of opportunities in the construction supply chain. Now, here's your host, Sean Shields. Welcome, everyone. On today's podcast brought to you by the Structural Building Components Association, we are going to talk about the drive to innovate. Technology, both on the software side and the equipment side, is progressing quickly in our industry, and it can be challenging to determine the best way to harness it. I recently sat down to talk about this with B.J. Laus of Laus Trust in Washington State and Barry Dixon of True House in Florida during a recent SBCA open quarterly meeting in the beautiful Williamsburg, Virginia. Now, we couldn't resist recording this episode live, sitting outside on the patio. It was sunny and warm. So please excuse the wind, the air conditioning, the loud conversation at the neighboring tables, and, well, you get the idea. Let's get to the episode. Okay, so Barry and BJ, we worked on an SBCA magazine article a few years back about a trip you guys made to Australia to look at component manufacturing operations there. Why did you guys make the investment to go there? Well, um, I, I heard that there were a lot of really cool things happening in Australia. And I look at that market as kind of looking into our future. You know, Australia has, um, they're high, highly regulated in their, in their labor. They have very high labor rates and they have a regulated construction industry. And, you know, being from Washington state, we, we have some of that same stuff going on. Australia is also cool because they're looking to do things themselves because they're, they're, they're a continent that's all by themselves. Right. And you get a lot of innovation that way because they're having to pull from the United States and Europe. Um, and they don't have these prepackaged solutions to what they're trying to do. And I heard that they were doing some really interesting things around automation with what Timber Trust uh, and what Stephen Penny had done down at Timber Trust down there and heard about that and seen some photos and then got invited by Steve at Hundegger um, with some of the work they had done there and then was able to also uh, spend a week um, with, with MyTech uh, touring some plants there as well. So it's just an amazing opportunity. Okay, so let's talk about that. What were those conversations like when you got back to the van after a tour of one of those advanced Australian facilities? You know, for me, it was a couple things. Well, you know, one, we always, I like to get, you know, to visit and see things. I think we, you know, we spoke about that a couple years ago and really to let them kind of see what's out there, not just me all the time. So I brought, you know, Jim Finkenhofer went with me, uh, Brent Gibson, my uh, plant manager down in Crescent City, Florida. Um, came as well. And, uh, you know, we had already had bought the, uh, Ottawa Randex. So I met Steve and Penny. They, before they bought their machines for that massive facility, they came and visited us, their team several times to pick our brains. And we developed a relationship with them to collaborate on how best to, uh, communicate back with the supplier Randex and communicate because, um, the drive of the Australians and the, uh, the, the American, you know, U.S. kind of culture were kind of the same, you know, expectations, uh, where a lot of the challenges with the European, it's like, you know, they might get back to you a week or two later or something like that. So we were trying to really, um, just, you know, build that bond with them. Um, I also had collaborated with, uh, Hundegger about, a, a, a special way they were going to pick the lumber and, and sort it, sort it, resort it, unsort it, 
at the table and, and Timber Trust was the first ones to buy that technology. So that was our driving innovation. And then again, no kidding aside, not only did we get to see a lot of cool plants, we got to talk every time we left, speak, you know, to each other and just start, our brains were just feeding <laughs> off each other, which is awesome. I mean, anybody in this industry has been to a, uh, a plant or any type of manufacturing facility and it's kind of in your blood. You just, you know, you go in looking for, to see something and then you start looking around going, what is that? You know, why are you doing that? Right. You know, and, uh, and you start understanding how they're processing data and, you know, starting off at Timber Trust with Steve and Penny, they were so gracious to bring us upstream to really how they created their own way to extract data. Very beginning, they had a very, their operating system. Very unique, I believe, and it's probably a little more advanced than most people that we know. Absolutely. In dealing with uh, proprietary solutions. Most trust plants in the United States deal with a proprietary system. It's all an unbelievable PosiTrust uh, machine. It was fully automated. Um, that was a, a Eastern European made of somewhere, I believe, chasing it. And then the, uh, and the jack, the way they handle their jacks was fabulous, right? Yeah, that was amazing. And we got to see that, that jack operation at multiple plans and then have had conversations over the subsequent years about how to get those to us here in the United States. And we haven't been able to do it. We haven't been able to do it. So, no. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I actually got a copy of the drone somehow and uh i don't know how to you know i gotta find a fabricator now it's clear you guys have a thriving bromance going on about this topic where did that start and how has it developed over time well i would say it was before australia i mean when i when 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 um the auto eye first came out and they were first at the show i looked at it, i was like this is amazing i've never seen anything like this in my life and i started doing a lot of analysis on it but there were certain again back to data there were certain data i didn't have and then uh, i think it was one of the bcmc shows i saw bear on the floor and i went over to him and i started asking questions about numbers and he, he to be honest he kind of flipped me some stuff and thought i was going to walk away and I, I challenged him on it and i said well i said let me follow up on that with this and then we got in a great conversation and i think really from that point barry was someone i looked to to you know, talk about some ideas that I had around, around metrics, around how to, how to really analyze what we're doing in the plant and how we can make improvements. And it was around that piece of equipment, um, specifically, cause that's the first time you really had to look at something and go, okay, like this, this piece of equipment is, is, is stamping joints and it does it at this interval. So how do you feed that properly? What are the bottlenecks going to be? How do you calculate like what sort of production you're getting it off of it? What? Working back upstream, how do you figure out how much, how many pieces and joints and people you need to feed it? Just all that information down to a, a very detailed analysis of that. And it was just really cool to, to hear, hear about that from Barry. And then at that time, I'd also done some work around, you know, the, the just in time feeding of, of jigs and kind of been pegged into that like lean guy sort of mode and, and you as well, you know, in that too. And that's kind of how that came together, I guess. Yeah, so. yeah, we still, I think so. Just always just collaborating, talking, sharing, very open. Yeah. And a lot of our, you know, uh, guys in our team reach out, get to share documents. We had Jesse sites. We, yep. Just, I just talked to Brent a couple weeks ago. Brent. Yeah. And, uh, they, so now I don't even know they talk, you know, when I, I tell you that, that moment he's talking about there and he's right. 
because you know, we were learning kind of thinking that we may induce some stuff. And when I, when I saw and met BJ, so I, so I said, wow, this guy is going to take, I'm, I mean, it, it got me excited about having somebody to collaborate with all the things I've been chasing for 20 plus years since I was in my early twenties when I took my first trip to see, um, a trust plant and, uh, made a career in the uh, early nineties, finally been able to buy some of that machinery to see those advancements here in the States. I said, oh, wow, this guy's, he's going to take automation side businesses. He's so, and we just, I think we just mutual respect for each other. Yeah. It, uh, it just worked out well. Now, one interesting trait you both share is that you're second generation leaders of your companies. It, you both have this clear passion to build upon the foundation that was constructed before you and take it to the next level. I, I'm curious, where does that drive come from? For me, is uh, my father, uh, army guy, army colonel, but you know, start business, he had a home building. The reason I'm so industry, I think most in here is it's not just about making true house. It's like, really, it's like, hey, working with the SPCA and associations that we work in that help is really leaving a legacy and a footprint, changing the industry better. Because what that does, it actually creates market share, it creates opportunity, and then we all see that benefit. Well, just, I mean, if you go back to, you know, basically ask why, why, why driven in this way? And I would say, you know, I, I started in the industry in the summer of 2007. Right, which is not a great place to enter. That's a, that's a year I was president. <laughs> yeah, the summer of 2007. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and we had, I think we had, you know, about a year where we didn't lose a bunch of money, and then we had a real, a really tough, you know, five or six years there where it was, it was just extremely difficult. And coming in and seeing that, um, you know, and, and how how just hard it was to be in the industry and to see everything that my grandfather, my father had built, like just get to the very brink of not being around anymore. Um, you know, part of that analysis and part of that, part of me, like wanting to get into the details and dive in so much is because we didn't have room to make a mistake on our investments, right? When we came out of that, it, everything was so paper thin. We knew we needed to, to get better and to, and to build on what we were doing, um, to survive in the market. And really from then on, it's been a huge drive for me to never just add volume or add capacity for the sake of volume and capacity. It's always been like, man, if I can increase my efficiency in my plant by X amount, and that gives me more volume that way, that just continues to create, um, insulation, right. For when it's really tough for me to know exactly where my costs are exactly, you know, where I'm at. So I can say no to work or say yes to work or be in a position where maybe I'm spending marginally less than my competitor to extend that, you know, time. And we've just sort of kept that philosophy, even while times are just really good and trying to make prudent investments, you know, while trying to, you know, and I also think robots are really cool. So <laughs> yeah. now knowing your metrics changes the ROI calculation, doesn't it? What are your thoughts on how your focus on all these KPIs changes how you evaluate the value of your equipment investments? Does it reduce the timeline? Yeah, you could. I mean, the flip side of that is if you're already running a fairly efficient operation, then, then the improvement to the next step is not as great either. Right. Then you don't have to make it. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think it's a return on. Yeah. Well, it's a cost. So, so I think BJ does a really good job of studying and really educating himself. 
Well, I want to thank both Barry and BJ for joining me for this live episode. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please give this podcast a favorable rating and share it with others. Also, consider subscribing to SPCA's Component Connection podcast on whatever platform you use most. That way, you'll immediately know when we publish our next podcast. This has been a Component Connection podcast brought to you by SBCA. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com. Mm-hmm.